Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Good day, sir. Doing well. Yes, stacked. Stacked lineup. Uh, the hearing yesterday yeah. up in the Senate chambers with Bill Barr. I've got some just gems of oh, the man. just completely self-destructive, obnoxious, ignorant Democrats humiliating themselves. <laughs> it was like a fly swatting event. It, it reminded me of that gift we saw last night of Paula Abdul at the Billboard Awards throwing the hat at Ju- uh, Julian <laughs> Huff. I put that on my Twitter. What an embarrassing spectacle for the conspiracy theory promoting Democrats who got just destroyed yesterday. I got that. I've got a video of AOC discovering farming and agriculture. It's incredible. She's so astounded by it. And some just astonishing news by John Solomon. Don't go anywhere. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at GenuCell. Hey, you ever say, I wish this double chin would just go away? From now until Mother's Day, your wish is our command with GenuCell's outrageous Mother's Day sale. Double chins, sagging jawlines, and turkey necks are real problems until now. My mother-in-law loves this stuff. Introducing the new GenuCell jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology. Here's an email we got from Robin S. I put that jawline cream on my neck about two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young. I am blown away. It's a real email. We don't make this stuff up here. This is the real deal. Sure, you could use expensive or harsh treatments to look younger, but why would you do that? For only one more week. The GenuCell jawline treatment is yours absolutely free when you order classic GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness. And with its instant effects, you can see results in the first 12 hours, guaranteed or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com, that's GenuCell.com, or text the word YOUNG, because that's how you'll look. The opposite of old. Text YOUNG to 77453. Surprise Mother's Day premium gift with all orders. Text YOUNG to 77453, or visit GenuCell.com, that's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com. All right, let's go. Video number one, hapless senator from Rhode Island, Sheldon Whitehouse, the guy Uh. who was obsessed with with human gaseous emissions at the Kavanaugh hearings. Uh, I don't even want to use the word on the show. Expelling gas from the opposite end of a human being. Remember that? Well, He yeah. wanted to know, Sheldon Whitehouse, the guy who wanted to know from Brett Kavanaugh at the Supreme Court hearing what boofing was. <laughs> and, he, and Kavanaugh says, I believe that refers to flatulence, sir. This is the same hapless clown senator who completely beclowns himself. I love that word yesterday. This is him questioning Attorney General Bill Barr on the use of spying, and Barr just swats him away like an annoying nuisance fly in the hot Florida sun. Play that cut. In the entirety of your previous career in the Department of Justice, including as Attorney General, have you ever referred to authorized department investigative activities officially or publicly as spying? I'm not asking for private conversation. I'm not going to abjure the use of the word spying. I think, uh, you know, my first job was in CIA, and I don't think the word spying has any pejorative connotation at all. To me, the question question is always whether or not it's authorized and and adequately predicated spying. Uh, I think spying is a good English word that, in fact, doesn't have synonyms because it is the broadest word uh, incorporating really all forms of covert intelligence collection. So I'm not going to back off the word spying, except I will say, when did you I'm not suggesting you any pejorative. 
narrative, and I use it frequently, when as do media. As when, media. When did you decide to use it? Was it off the cuff in the hearing that day, or did you go into that hearing intending it, it to was, use the word It was spying? actually off the cuff, to tell you the truth, and when, when, when a senator, the, the senator, I mean, the the, the congressman probably well, from Schatz from Hawaii. Who's here? Shaheen. Shaheen. No, 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 whoever it was. Go ahead. Yeah, when she, when 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 he challenged me and said, "Do you want to change your language?" I was actually thinking, like, "What's the issue?" I, I don't consider it a pejorative, but if. And rather, frankly, frankly, we went back and looked at press usage, and up until all the, the faux outrage a couple of weeks ago, it's commonly used in the press to refer to authorized activities, such as referring to the But it's not commonly used by the department. Court. What? It is not commonly used by the department. My time well, is... Commonly up. used by me. You lose! <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. I love this guy. <laughs> Spying. It's a word used by everybody. He brings up a couple points. It doesn't have appropriate synonyms because everybody knows in this oh. all-encompassing word what spying means. Point number one. Takeaway number two. Bar, I am not going to stop using the word spying <laughs> because the media doesn't like it because the media uses the word spying too. Takeaway number three, Joseph. That spying is not necessarily a bad thing. Governments spy on other governments. Uh, federal law enforcement people and intelligence people spy on foreign officials and criminals all the time. Mm -hmm. A wiretap, a pen register, a use of an informant involves spying. The question isn't, this is why I love what Barr did yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. Notice the framing. When you're debating your ideological opponents, framing an issue is important. It's critical. The points you make, the frame on the picture is almost as important as the picture itself. He frames the argument, Joe, differently. What mm -hmm. Barr does is critical. He says, framing it, that this is not about spying. You may say it's not. I, Dan, you, but your book is entitled Spygate. No, no, no. White House is trying to dispute that the Trump team was spied on. That's his frame. Notice how Barr changes the frame of the picture, mm -hmm. Joe, to say, no, no, this isn't about spying. Spying's not bad or good. Mm -hmm. Spying happened. In other words, we're not disputing. You can dispute that. I'm not disputing it. I'm simply arguing what was the reason they spied. Do you get? Yeah. Ah, oh, please tell me you love get it. this. So I love my audience to death. He's framing the argument. White House, it's not about the picture right now. It's about the frame. White House's frame to the picture is, I'm going to dispute to you whether spying existed with regards to the spying on the Trump team. Right. Barr flips the script, changes the framing of the argument to say, I'm not arguing whether spying is good or bad, right. and whether it happened or not. It happened. I'm simply suggesting to you that, was there a reason for it? Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. I have to tell you, in my 44 years on the planet and 41, maybe 40 years of being a thinking being, you know, that childhood amnesia kicks in, right? Mm -hmm. You don't remember anything about being an infant. I have to tell you, Joe, I can't remember a more skilled witness than Bill Barr on Capitol Hill. I mean, he humiliated these idiots yesterday, made them look like dopes. Then he, Sheldon Whitehouse, well, that's not a term commonly used in the Department of Justice. He goes, I use it. He's the attorney yeah. general. <laughs> Beautiful. Well done. Don't forget, it's the framing of an argument that matters.
The Democrats like to frame stuff. Spying didn't happen on the Trump team. Barr reframes it. No, no, spying happened. We're just arguing about why it happened. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, cut number two. Here's Attorney General Barr and Danang Dick, uh, otherwise known as a U.S. Senator from Connecticut, uh, Blumenthal, who lied about service in Vietnam. He was not in Vietnam. So uh, Danang Dick, as uh, Trump calls him, who has zero credibility at all. <laughs> this, this one's just funny. I mean, I, you know, listen, yeah. my show's about substance. We enjoy it. But sometimes we need a little comic relief, and a couple of these are just really good. This is Danang Dick, who wants notes he wants Bill Barr's notes about a phone call with Bob Mueller. He's not entitled to them at all. The executive branch of government where Bill Barr works is a separate entity. Congressional oversight does not encompass every single con uh, executive branch conversation. There is executive privilege. These branches of government are separate. That oversight does not encompass everything. So this is Bill Barr just basically taking it to Denang Dick and making him look like uh, the dope he was up on Capitol Hill yesterday. Did you make a memorandum of your conversation? Huh? Did you make a memorandum? No, I didn't. Or did anyone else? What? Um, did anyone, either you or anyone on your staff, memorialize your conversation with Robert Mueller? Yes. Who did that? Uh, there were notes taken of, of the call. May we have those notes? No. Why not? Why should you have them? Oh, okay. Moving on. I have nothing to add to that other than good for Bill Barr. Nah, you can't have him. I love the look on this guy's face too. He has no patience for these losers. Yeah. None. Nah, you can't have him. So <laughs> moving on that one. I'm just, I put that out there solely for your entertainment. That's my favorite there is in. nothing in there, right? Joe, yeah, there's I nothing in there at all. I can add, there's no color commentary. Let Barr speak <laughs> for himself. All right. Next one. This one's important because this is where we're going to go a little bit later in the show on a very, very important question. Ladies and gentlemen, finally, finally, some of the mainstream media, liberal media activist types at the New York Times and elsewhere are starting to wake up to the fact that the dossier may have been a Russian disinformation effort. In other words, an, inf an effort by the Russians to feed information to a thirsty FBI and DOJ mm -hmm. that was wrong to impact our campaign. Now, I've, I've received some emails from some of you, which I understand where you say, Dan, don't fall into this trap that it was Russian disinformation because then it's going to allow the FBI and the DOJ a way out. Follow me here. Some of you send me these emails. Don't have to follow me. You know what I'm talking about. But some other people don't, may not get this. And these are very clever emails. But they say it would give the FBI and the DOJ a way out, Joe, by saying, oh, shucks, look at us. The Russian intel guys just beat us. We weren't really spying on the presidential oh, okay. campaign. We were doing it because the Russians just beat us at our own game. In other words, given the opportunity of two conflicting narratives, we spied on the Trump team on a lie or we spied on the Trump team because the Russian intel is just really good and aw shucks, we got beat. The Russian intel one, Joe, is probably less damaging. Mm. It makes you look like idiots. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. But it doesn't make it look like it was exclusively a political attack. Now, folks, I understand your concerns. Some of you have emailed me and said, well, if the New York Times is saying it was Russian disinformation, what's in it for the Democrats? But ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to follow the facts in this case. I'm not here to shill for anybody. If this was a Russian disinformation campaign and they knew the FBI and DOJ were looking for information on Trump and the Russians fed lies and the FBI lapped it up, 
that they look like less fools than they did if they were politically targeting Trump is not relevant to me. What's relevant to me is the facts. Mm -hmm. And I think, which I'll get into later in the show, based on John Solomon's reporting and some recent news, that there's a strong likelihood that this is exactly what happened. Mm. It's all damaging. I'm not here to do damage control for anyone. But I'm here to give you the facts, unlike what the left did to us. Now, this is what makes me believe that we're on to something here. Again, that the Russians knew just the FBI's thirsty. They want information on Trump because the DOJ wants information on Trump because they don't like him. And the Obama administration and the Clinton team want to take him out. The Russians get wind of this, that people are looking for information. How would they do that, Joe? Because the information out there, the WikiLeaks information, and a lot of these hacked DNC emails probably had email chains indicating that they were looking for negative information on mm. Trump, which the Russians were more than happy to oblige. You see what I'm, Joe, is this yeah, make sense? Yeah, I see where we're going, yeah. Barr would not have said this at a Capitol Hill hearing if what I told you had no credence whatsoever. Mr. Steele, of course, is a former British intelligence officer hired by uh, to do opposition research uh, by the Hillary Clinton campaign on um, on her political adversaries, including uh, President Trump or candidate Trump at that time. How do we know that the Steele dossier is not itself evidence of Russian disinformation campaign, knowing what we know now that Basically, the allegations made in, therein were secondhand, hearsay, or unverified. Can we uh, state with confidence that the Russian, that the Steele dossier was not part of the Russian disinformation campaign? No, I can't state that with confidence, and, and that is one of the uh, areas that I'm reviewing. Uh, I'm concerned about it, and, it and, and I don't think it's entirely speculative. Folks, I'm not even kidding. Look at that. Can you see that? My hair standing up. I'm mm. not making this up for drama. I have goosebumps right now. And it's not just because it's cold in here. Because everything Joe and I have been telling you for the last year and a half, back to episode 628 and on, we're now at episode 971, is all coming out. We had a quality, good source from the beginning. Me and others. I am take no credit. There are others. Solomon, I hat tip everybody. Jeff Carlson, Chuck Ross. I by no means am trying to take any unnecessary credit on this. I just want you to understand that I did not put that stuff out there early haphazardly. This information. Joe, what, what did we call it early? Remember the information superhighway? Yeah. We, we, we call this an information superhighway. It was an information right. laundering operation we mentioned almost 300 plus episodes ago. Yeah. I'm going to describe that in a minute. But don't think for a second, Senator John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, who's asking that question, and the Attorney General of the United States, who says, I don't think what you just said was speculative. In other words, it's not speculation. Barr has information that the Russians own the Democrats. That's the real collusion scandal. The information superhighway between the Russians and people in the Bureau, the DOJ, Hillary Clinton's team, and an opposition research firm 
were laundering information, some of it from Russians, I believe, into our court system to spy on a presidential candidate. Think about how profound what I just told you is. It's the reason I had goosebumps. The Russians managed to get the FBI and the DOJ to sign off on warrants to sign, to spy on the now president of the United States. Take a second and digest that, please. The Russians and their intelligence people got the FBI and the Department of Justice to sign off on warrants to spy on the Trump team. You think Barr's just sitting there fooling around? Oh, no, that's not speculation, but maybe it is. I don't know. I'll go check sometime. You think John Cornyn asked that question because he couldn't figure out what else to say? You think he's just making it up? You think John Cornyn wants to be on YouTube forever embarrassing himself with a dumb question? Ladies and gentlemen, I was not elected to Congress. I ran. But during my runs for office, you meet a lot of people and you find out a lot of things. Nobody up there on the Hill is doing something based on their own voluntary action. They're doing it because staffers and others who've done the research are prodding them to ask that question. Republicans and Democrats alike. John Cornyn is not stupid. He's been in the institution a long time in the Senate. He did not ask that question by mistake. And Bill Barr's answer is not a mistake. And the fact that the Russians owned people at the higher echelons of our FBI and DOJ and got them to do things the Russians wanted, not us. The fact that that makes the FBI or DOJ at the, t- at the high levels look a little less bad than a pure political operation is of no interest to me at all. I'm interested in the facts so this doesn't happen again. What you're not getting from the liberal media. I'm going to go on with this in a second with Solomon, because as I've said to you from the start, with the, the biggest hat tip I can give you, Solomon's sources appear to know the entire story, and he's putting it out in drips and drabs. If you read the chronology, of, and I'm going to put it together later, I'm sorry to keep teasing this, but it's important. I'm going to show you a letter he wrote, a piece he wrote a year ago, and a piece he wrote now, yesterday, and tie it together how I believe he's known this the whole time. Okay, moving on. This is kind of a, another just uh, take the tension down a little bit. This is just one last kind of humorous clip again of an attorney general uh, arguing with a hapless Democrat senator from California. I can't use that word enough, hapless, because it's the only way to describe these Democrats that just humiliated themselves up on the Hill. This is about, just to give you a quick background, this is about Don McGahn, the president's lawyer, and some internal conversations the president had with McGahn, which don't make the president look good if the account of the events is accurate. The president disputes it. But Feinstein seems to take issue with the fact that the conversations don't appear to look good for the president, Joe, mm-hmm. but they're not in any way criminal. It's just conversations the president had with his lawyer. Mm-hmm. So Feinstein's trying to attack Barr about some of the stuff in the Mueller report, about these conversations that don't look good, but are not criminal. And Barr just drops the hammer on her, too. Like, just cut the crap. Play this cut. Just to finish this, but you still have a situation where a president essentially tries to change the lawyer's account in order to prevent further criticism of himself. 
Well, that's not a crime. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's better, brother. Feinstein's face or Barr's response? Feinstein's like, yeah, he's kind of right. So let me get this straight. The president of the United States, if the conversations with McGahn are even accurate, by the way, the president disputes them, right? If the conversations with McGahn where the president's trying to control in other words, what we call politics, Joe, messaging, trying to control yeah. the message that gets out. That's not criminal. It may be unsavory. It may be political if it's even true. But there's nothing criminal about it at all. And Feinstein seems genuinely confused. Like, yeah, uh, you know what? He's right. <laughs> what? Apollos Joe, shocker. Get ready. Do you have that 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 uh that drop you have? Oh, uh-huh. get that one ready. If you have that. So let me get this straight. A politician is trying to spin a message to make himself look good in office. This is news? Everybody's shocked. That's news? This is worthy of a hearing? So the president's wrongly accused of being a traitor. He's exonerated fully in this report. And you're documenting reports where president the president is considering firing guys, accusing him of being a traitor without evidence. <laughs> this is so dumb. So dumb. All right. All right. Moving on. Keep up. By the way, keep that um, the penultimate one there. Bar <laughs> talking about the Russian disinformation thing. Keep that in your head because I'm going to get to that right. in a second. Uh, I just want to play this first. Uh, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who just can't seem to get out of her own way. I mean, really, her tweets are just embarrassing. If you follow my Twitter feed, I'm at Bongino on Twitter. I find stuff where she frequently cites, uh, you know, tries to, you know, delve into her large body of economic knowledge, which is none, which is no body of economic knowledge. And she tweets about things like wages not going up, not true. Uh, so I, I, I just, she doesn't really know much. Um, it's sad. Because Representative Ocasio-Cortez has a position in Congress. I've always said, congratulations on your win. It's very hard to do. Um, But your responsibility now is to know stuff and cite accurate information. She can't do it. But watch this video yesterday um, of her just astonished that she has discovered um, agriculture. It's confusing. Oh, my God, you guys. I just checked on my community garden slot and I was so nervous because I was I was in New York for two weeks in recess. Look. Oh my God, look at this. It like, look at the collard greens. They're huge. Look at the dahlias. Oh my God, I don't have to trim all of these back for smoothies. I am shook. Look, like, honestly, gardening, food that comes out of dirt, like, it's magic. Tomatoes died, though. Let's pour one out for the tomato. But this is so exciting. Uh, <laughs> just going to let Joe laugh. Joe's laugh is the drop. Hey, uh, oh my. Uh, Paula, can we hat tip that guy for that later? Could you just put it up on the video after the show? So uh, I just want to make sure whoever did that video gets an appropriate <laughs> hat tip. It, it may be okay. So I don't know where it even uh. came from. I sent it to you guys. We were running a little late, but... I, I don't. I, I have no doubt that these none because I don't want to underestimate Mr. Ocasio Cortez's capabilities. I have no doubt to her supporters that video makes her look more likable. None, um, but her astonishment that food grows yeah. out of dirt is. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised she'll wait, even wait eat it she now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Čisto. Wait till she discovers hydroponics. Oh, my God. Where's the dirt? Where's the dirt? There's not enough dirt. Plants can swim. <laughs> oh, dude. That is not. Come <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude, you are so funny dude. sometimes. Play, Paula, plants can swim. <laughs> oh, dude, <laughs> plants—they're doing a tough mutter in the dirt, and they can swim too. <laughs> we may have to cut some of this out. If you want to leave, I, 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 I don't want to leave them with dead air of me laughing. Plants oh. can swim. Dude, Paula, please call the t-shirt guy today. Please put that on a shirt. Joe, Joe Armacost, but plants can swim. Can you do that, <laughs> producer Joe? Plants can swim. That <laughs> oh, brother, nice work there. Okay, moving just... on, more serious stuff. I want to get back to this Solomon stuff. I can, uh, I, so let, me, let me just do this read for a great company, ETS. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then we'll get back to it. ETS speed loaders, uh, speed, speed loaders. Gosh, I wish I would have had this. Here's what it looks like. If when I was uh, in training at the, uh, the the Fletzy and the Secret Service Academy in NYPD, I would have. I mean, I, I, you know what I would have done for one of these things? Your thumbs loading magazines. For those of you firearm enthusiasts out there, when you're loading magazines, your thumbs, you get mag thumb from pushing the rounds and they turn purple. It hurts. And also it takes away from your range time. What we would ETS speed loader, if I would have had this, would have been done. Put the rounds in, scoop them up with this thing, put the top on, boom, done right there. ETS speed loaders. Your time at the range is valuable. Spending more time loading mags instead of actually firing your weapon is not helping you improve your accuracy and your thumbs can take a beating. There's a better way. Here it is right here. Visit loadmagsfast.com for elite tactical system speed loaders, right? I found the solution with ETS speed loaders. The fastest loader ever made. Knocks your range time down right away. Your shooting time goes up. Your loading time goes down. The ETS loader is incredibly fast. Gets the job done in seconds. You line up your rounds. Scoop them up with this thing. Push the plunger down. Boom, you're done. If you think loading one round at a time is the only way, you will you are wrong. You need the ETS speed loader. Once you use it for yourself, you'll never load the slow way again. It's the best $30 you will ever spend on shooting gear. Love, love, love this product. Can't recommend it enough. Regardless of your experience, the ETS loader is the easiest way to load your mags and prevent the dreaded mag thumb and wasting time at the range. If I would have had this in the academy, I would have had thumbs that aren't permanently dented. ETS makes a universal rifle loader and pistol loaders for 9mm, 40. This is the 45 caliber one right here. And 380. Check them out for yourself at loadmagsfast.com. That's loadmagsfast.com. Use promo code DAN for free shipping. Go to loadmagsfast.com now. Promo code DAN for free shipping. All right, getting back into it. So John Solomon has known the story the whole time. He writes at the Hill, really terrific guy. Solomon was on Hannity last night. He has this piece out in the Hill that is a, I don't know how to describe it other than a must read if you've been following this scandal the whole time. And I'm going to tie it into the Barr Russian disinformation line, okay? Okay. Bar's piece up at the hill in the show notes today at Bongino.com. Please subscribe to the show notes. Um, it's You can just click the subscribe 
on our, our uh, Bongino.com page. The article is titled, Nelly Orr's High Honey Emails to DOJ About Russian Collusion Should Alarm Us All. Now, this is super important. Back to episode 628 and on. Joe and I have been discussing and putting mm-hmm. out to the audience that they're hiding something. They're, here's the lead. They're hiding something big here. They're hiding, excuse me, they're hiding a lot of things. I want to be crystal clear. There are a lot of open questions. Who was Joseph Mifsud really working for? Who were the private contractors who were using the, the uh, NSA database? But one of the big questions is, what's paragraph one? How did this case start? What is paragraph one of the FBI's Donald Trump story? This case started on this day because of this. Every case I ever worked as a federal agent had a paragraph one on how your case started. What's paragraph one? But the fourth big open question we have here is, what are they hiding about paragraph one? Ladies and gentlemen, they are hiding the information superhighway. You know how money laundering operations work? You get illegal money from drugs. You open up a fake store. Remember that movie American Made, whatever it was with Tom Mm. Cruise, where he opens up these, uh, he's laundering drug money. So he opens up a bunch of printing operations in Arkansas and he, he, he cleans the money. It's dirty money, but he cleans it, making it look like profits from the printing business. This was an information laundering operation from the start. It was meant to launder political information from the Clinton camp and the Fusion GPS team into the government to make it look like it was legitimate counterintelligence information. It was not. It was political information. The catch here is... Was the information coming from the political operation, Fusion GPS, that they're laundering, was it originating with Russians? Now... Here's where this gets interesting. So Solomon's piece, the headline is obvious. Nellie Orr, who's working for Fusion GPS, the political operation working for Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. is producing reams of information, research she's doing on the Trump team. She has said to us before, as evidenced by this congressional hearing, you'll see this highlighted here. She has said before on the record that she has only given this information to her husband. Follow me here. Let me read the exact quote. All right. She's questioned at any point prior to the fall of 2016. This is her congressional testimony. Did you discuss your research on organized crime and Donald Trump with individuals outside of Fusion GPS, outside of this Mayflower breakfast meeting they had with Steele? Her answer No. No. Then she's asked if Steele provided her with research. She says no. So let's be crystal clear what I'm telling you here. I address some unanswered questions. The unanswered question we're going to address today is what is the FBI, the DOJ, and the intel community hiding? What they're hiding is a sophisticated information laundering operation that cleaned information from politicians and political campaigns and made it appear that it was legitimate criminal and counterintel information. Who were they laundering it through? Nellie Orr. Here we go. John Solomon's piece. Remember, as I just showed you from our congressional hearing, Orr has already gone on the record. Nellie Orr, working for Hillary Clinton's team. Keep that up there. 
has already gone on the record saying, oh, no, no, I only shared the research I was doing for Team Hillary and Fusion GPS. I only shared that with my husband, Bruce Orr at the DOJ, which is bad enough, by the way. I didn't share it anywhere else. Really? From John Solomon's piece, talking about emails she sent. They clearly show that Nellie Orr sent reams of open source intelligence to her husband, Associate Deputy Attorney General Bruce Orr, and, wait, wait, there's an end? How's there an end, Joe? Nellie Orr's on the record telling us it stops there, right? How is there an end? There's an end, folks. There's an end. And on some occasion, to at least three DOJ prosecutors, Lisa Holton, Ivana Nizic, and Joseph Wheatley. How is that? It, It gets even better. Better? How is there an end? Nellie Orr told us there's no end. The contents track corruption developments in Russia and Ukraine, including intelligence affecting Russian figures she told Congress she had tried to connect to Trump or Manafort. Wow, where have we heard about some of these Russian figures before? Yeah. In the dossier. Where did we also hear about some of these Russian figures before? Maybe you think she's talking about, you think she's talking about Deripaska? Mm-hmm. Where have we seen Deripaska's name before? Oh, the 2007 movie script article we talk about all the time in the Wall Street Journal where Glenn Simpson, the, uh, the Fusion GPS guy who runs the company, who hired Nellior, has already written about this stuff. It, uh, John Solomon's piece goes on. I'm going to tie this together for you to admit this is devastating. Keep in mind, we're talking about laundering information. On more than one occasion, Nellie Orr forwarded articles about Oleg Deripaska, the Russian aluminum magnate and former Manafort business partner. Also very close, by the way, to Putin. She testified that Deripaska was one of the focal points of her research. As it turns out, the Russian was also being targeted by her husband and Steele. Emails, text messages, and handwritten notes show that during the 2016 campaign, they repeatedly discussed approaching Deripaska about delivering dirt on Manafort. The FBI eventually did so in the fall of 2016. Ladies and gentlemen, what are they hiding? That's how I opened up this show. That's how I asked you this question. They are hiding an information laundering scheme. Nellie Orr is working for Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS is being run by Glenn Simpson, who in 2007 writes what I've called the movie script piece, which I address in depth in my second book, Exonerated, again, it's available now for pre-order. We hammer this. Simpson has already written a Wall Street Journal piece about Russian influence in the United States in politics, which focuses on Manafort and Deripaska. Conveniently, Simpson hires Nellie Orr. Nellie Orr, who conveniently, air quotes, husband, Bruce Orr, husband, Bruce Orr, works at the Department of Justice. What better way to back channel information through non-official channels into the Department of Justice than to hire the woman whose husband is number four over there? But notice, Nellie Orr it cannot be, t- if Solomon's article is true, then Nellie Orr is lying. Nellie Orr has already said, oh no, I just gave the information to her husband. That's not what Sol- Solomon's sources are saying. Solomon's sources are saying, oh no, no, no. 
She was emailing this information to Department of Justice prosecutors, too. Why is that important? Because in a court case, ladies and gentlemen, where people go to jail, there are a couple privileges you can invoke. And being married carries with it certain privileges that other relationships don't. She may have been able to somehow exert some legal privilege over her communications with her husband. Some. But not over emails to other DOJ prosecutors. Oh, you think Bill Barr may know about that? You think John Cornyn, United States Senator from Texas, Republican, may know a little bit about that? Now comes question number two. Who's pumping Nellie Orr this information? Well, here's some tidbits of information from the piece, a couple of bullet points, which explain a whole lot about the content of the emails. From John Solomon's piece, some of the emails contained information about then-Russian Ambassador Kislyak and his meeting with Jeff Sessions, which, and by the way, Sessions was eventually forced to recuse himself from the Russia probe because of this meeting, air quotes, with Kislyak, which wasn't a meeting at all. They brushed past each other at a foreign policy speech. How did the Democrats know about that meeting? Did that come from Fusion GPS too? Hey, ask Sessions about this, air quotes, meeting with Kislyak. And by the way, hint, hint, nod, nod. You can use it to force him to recuse himself later. Oh, cute. Cute little technique there. Hmm. Second, other emails were about then campaign advisor Carter Page, who gave a Carter Page? Where does Carter Page's name appear? In the dossier. But I thought Nellie Orr just said on the oath at her Capitol Hill hearing, raised her right hand, that she didn't share information with Steele, who wrote the dossier. So how is this? That Nellie Orr's emails are about campaign advisor Carter, put that back up, uh, campaign advisor Carter Page and his speech in Moscow. Nellie Orr, this is from Solomon's piece, bolded a passage in the article noting Page's company continues to work with Russian investments and included someone, someone tied to the Russian energy giant Gazprom. Why is Nellie Orr so interested in Carter Page when Carter Page is only the focus of a criminal conspiracy in one document, the dossier, written by Christopher Steele? But Nellie Orr already told us she wasn't dealing with Christopher Steele outside of that Mayflower meeting. Somebody's lying. Ladies and gentlemen, what are they hiding? They are hiding a sophisticated information laundering operation. I cannot say this enough. Now, a couple of takeaways from this. I want to get to the Deripaska thing in a second. Do we have the Nunez translator, Joe? Yeah, we do. Maybe we, can we employ the Nunez translator now? Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is important. No, we, we did this. have it. It just dropped out of nowhere. <laughs> Oh, Joe has a great Nunes trend. Devin Nunes, who's a Republican congressman from California, who has been all over this. Frequently, I always call it the Nunes translator because you have to understand yeah. what Nunes is talking about. Nunes has been privy enough to see a lot of the data and the facts in this case and fully understands that there was an information laundering operation going on. 
That's why when you see a lot of Nunes' appearances on media outlets, he talks about how none of the information that came in that he's seen came in through, quote, official channels. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, when intelligence comes into the United States government that we're supposed to use to target foreign adversaries and potential terrorists and targets on U.S. soil as well, that information goes through official channels so the information can be verified, what we would call the Woods procedure in the FISA court, but we call simple verification in a criminal or counterintel case not using mm. the FISA court. Why do we do that? I give this example all the time for a very simple reason. When you go into court and raise your right hand that the information is true, Joe, it has to be true. Yep. Therefore, you have to make an effort to verify it so we don't get information from the guy selling bagels on the corner that turns out to be bogus information about an alien invasion that was never going to happen. The Russians are going to start a nuclear war. And then I run to the president and tell him that, except going through the channels first. The president launches a preemptive attack and we, we have nuclear annihilation. How, why did that happen? Oh, it happened because a guy in a corner told me. You never vetted it? No. That's why we vet information through official channels, libs. Why does Nunes, who understands this case fully, keep talking about non-official channels? Because, ladies and gentlemen, what I think he's referring to is he is referring to Nellie Orr being the middleman to the DOJ and the FBI this entire time for fusion. Oh! She was hired because of her connections. Yes. Mm -hmm. She was hired because of her connections to her husband in the Department of Justice. Because then they didn't have to route the information through normal channels. They can route bogus open source stuff they pulled off the internet to paint a story Glenn Simpson already wrote in 2007 in the Wall Street Journal about the Russians trying to influence fill in the blank Donald Trump this time. The story would have been annihilated if they went through normal channels. Now does the non-official channels thing make sense? Yeah. This is devastating stuff. Now do you see why she, when she asked if she discussed her research with anyone else, which wasn't research at all. It was a narrative building operation to confirm Glenn Simpson's 2007 Wall Street Journal movie script about Russians trying to influence the United States political system. He just filled in the name Donald Trump. So when they didn't have evidence, they tasked Nellie Orr to go find the evidence on the Internet, feed it to her husband in the DOJ and others, and then use that information. Remember, Orr's handler is Pianca at the FBI to go to the FBI to get them to write up a warrant to go to the FISA court to spy on the Trump team. Now, on the Deripaska front, Deripaska is suspiciously not mentioned in the dossier. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the shadowiest figures in this entire operation. Nellie Orr seems unusually interested in Oleg Deripaska, a Russian oligarch deeply connected to Putin. Deripaska wrote an op-ed piece in the Daily Caller a while ago, insisting he was not the source of any of this information in the dossier and elsewhere. Oh, by the way, one more thing, but I'm sorry, before we get to Deripaska, I don't want to miss this. For those of you who've been listening to my show over the last two weeks, where we've been exposing this stuff. Now do you understand why when Brennan, Clapper, and Comey and Andy McCabe, when they talk about 
Um, what, what, Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, talking about the information that led to the spying. Joe, follow me here because I, I need okay. the audience to get this, okay? They never say it was only the dossier, although McCabe has admitted as such in other hearings. But McCabe said, no, no, there, there was articulable facts that yeah. led us to spy on Trump, right? Yeah, remember that. Comey referred to it in an interview with Brett Baer as the mosaic of information. John Brennan referred to it up on Capitol Hill. The, again, the information they used to target Trump and spy on him. Brennan referred to it as the corpus of intelligence. Corpus, mosaic, articulable facts, not fact. Those euphemisms, Joe, are meant to describe pluralities. Correct. In other words, it wasn't just one thing, the dossier. It was multiple things. Mosaic, corpus, in other words, inferring a body. Andy McCabe, articulable facts. Now it makes sense why when Brennan talks about that and Comey and McCabe, and when Brennan says, hey, I didn't see the dossier until December after the election, December of 2016, the election obviously for president was in November, why Brennan may not be lying. Mm -hmm. You may say, Dan, you've been filleting Brennan. I'm not saying Brennan's not a liar. I'm saying he may not be lying. Andy McCabe and Comey are liars too, but they may not be lying either. When asked about, well, was it the dossier? They can say, like Comey told Brett Baer, oh, I wasn't even familiar where this was coming from, the provenance of it. Mm -hmm. So did Brennan said the same thing. They didn't need to, Joe. They already had the exact same information coming from Nellie Orr. It didn't matter that it was in the dossier. The dossier could have been given exclusively to the Hillary Clinton team. Kept on the political side, the Hillary side. On the law enforcement side, Simpson's company of Fusion GPS and Nellie Orr are feeding and mainlining the exact same information into an information superhighway right to her husband and the DOJ and others. The fact that they didn't see the paper physical dossier is entirely, completely irrelevant. Right. This is why to the congressmen and women up on the Hill and the center, some who know, some who may not be as read in on this case as others. Stop asking about the dossier. Ask about the steel information and the ore information. Then you're going to get a different answer. Mr. Brennan. When did you come across information about Carter Page, Oleg Deripaska that originated from Fusion GPS? That's the question. Not when did you see the dossier that was given to the Hillary team. It's the same stuff. They're playing word games. It's a mosaic. It's a corpus. It's articulable facts. No, it's the same garbage. Fusion laundered it themselves. They laundered it through the State Department, through their contacts, Jonathan Weiner and Christopher Steele. They laundered the information through the dossier and the Hillary team in the form of the dossier, a political document of oppo research. They laundered the same information in the Department of Justice through Bruce Orr and his wife who was working there. Now, does it make sense? This is what they're hiding. This is the dance. Mm-hmm. Comey, I don't know about the dossier, where it came from. 
Do you know where the information, your FBI handler, Joe Pianca, do you know where he got that information from Bruce Orfram? Do you know the provenance of that? Then all of a sudden you're going to see Comey go, um, check please. Can I talk to my lawyer? You dig? Yeah, man. They're hiding an information laundering operation. Yeah, well put. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Now, why are they hiding it? Well, they're hiding it for two reasons. Number one, because this is not standard operating procedure. The information wasn't vetted. Comey, McCabe, and others signed off on the Woods file, a file which is supposed to indicate you verified the information that they didn't. It was a lie. The dossier, the steel information, the Weiner information is all garbage. They're hiding that they put their signatures on a file saying this information was true when it wasn't. But secondly, what I believe they're hiding is going back to the beginning of the show when I told you to pay very close attention to Cornyn and Attorney General Barr's interaction. Barr is very clear that he doesn't believe it's speculation that this was Russian disinformation. Making it even worse, point number one, that they failed to verify information to appropriate channels, is point number two, that I believe that information was being filtered through Russians. And it was deliberate disinformation to throw this country into chaos. Why is Deripaska's name not in the dossier? Why? It's in Glenn Simpson's 2007 Wall Street Journal report. The movie script where he lays out Russian influence and just replaces the names later with Trump and the Trump team. But that 2007 movie script, which is laundered through all these places to make it appear that Trump's colluding with the Russians. It's all, all, there's a significant, I don't want to say all, significant swaths of it are about Oleg Deripaska, Putin's buddy, and his influence in U.S. politics. Why is he not in the dossier then? Why is Deripaska, a critical figure in this show, inconveniently absent from the dossier but not from the steel information. Oh, this gets good. Put up that 2018 piece from John Solomon in the Hill. Oh, this is a doozy. August 28th, 2018. Russian oligarch, Justice Department, and a clear case of collusion. That's the headline. What's John Solomon talking about? Or who, to be precise? He's talking about Oleg Deripaska, how the FBI made motions to him in a hotel in 2016 to try to get him to dime out Paul Manafort. Who told him to go to Deripaska? Was Deripaska a source for people in Fusion GPS, a Russian connected to Putin the entire time? Oh, this piece gets delicious, doesn't it? Here's a little snippet from this 2018 piece that John Solomon wrote about Deripaska's very suspicious relationships with the information laundering oars. Oh, this is just tasty. In September of 2015, 2015, 2015, libs, senior DOJ official Bruce Orr and some FBI agents met in New York 
with Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska. Oh, boy. To seek the Russian billionaire's help on organized crime investigations. Organized crime investigations. Conveniently, what Nelly Orr was hired by Fusion GPS allegedly to look at in Russia. Wow, isn't this special? They already know this guy. The meeting was facilitated. <laughs> oh, this is... This is epic. The meeting was facilitated, though not attended, by British intelligence operative Christopher Steele. Oh. Mr. Dossier. They all know each other, folks. It goes on. In 2012, 2012 for the liberals. Steele, Mr. Dossier guy, his private firm, Orbis Business Intelligence, was hired as a subcontractor by a law firm working for Deripaska, who then headed Russia's largest aluminum company. Steele's firm was asked to do research to help the law firm defend the lawsuit against Deripaska by a business rival. Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen. They all know each other. Deripaska hired Steele and his Intel company to gather Intel on a business rival. Deripaska knows Bruce Orr as far back as 2015. He knows him because they were doing investigations into Russian organized crime. Deripaska's buddies with Putin. Deripaska appeals prominently, appears prominently in Glenn Simpson's movie script narrative about Russians trying to influence our politics. Do you think it's just possible that Deripaska was a source for the oars, given that they already knew him in steel and was a source for steel and that Deripaska, who's connected to Putin, was either a witting or unwitting source of Russian disinformation? Do you think that's just possible? Is anybody interested in this? Was he a witting or was he an unwitting? Was Deripaska the subject of a Russian disinformation campaign himself or was he wittingly feeding information into Fusion GPS? Does anybody even care? Staggering, Joe. By the way, Mm. one final note on Deripaska. Who's like this with Putin? Deripaska had already worked with the FBI on a hostage case in Iran. Long story short, Deripaska as a Russian had significant business interests in Iran and also had connections. We were trying to get a U.S. hostage out of Iran. The FBI had already approached Deripaska years ago and asked him for his help in doing it. Who was the director of the FBI when this happened? Robert Mueller. Do you notice Deripaska's name conveniently doesn't appear anywhere in the dossier and conveniently doesn't appear in many of the statement of offenses to Bob Mueller drew up to prosecute his witch hunt? What are they hiding? Are they hiding a Russian disinformation campaign to launder information in the United States? Was Deripaska a witting or an unwitting in this? Was that information being fed to him 
through Russian intel services that completely played our FBI and DOJ? You think Bill Barr's an idiot? You think Bill Barr hasn't figured that out? I doubt it, folks. I doubt it big time. Bill Barr knows exactly what's going on. All right, one more quick thing. Just let me uh, get this uh, done here. Um, tomorrow's show is going to be just absolutely killer, too. So please don't miss it. Please share this show. Um, go subscribe to our YouTube if you don't mind. I respectfully ask that. Um, I don't make demands on the show. I'm not in no, no position to do that to a great audience. YouTube.com slash Bongino. Please subscribe to the show on a podcast app on your iPhone and iHeart and SoundCloud as well if you have an Android device. They're all free. All the subscriptions are free, but we really appreciate it. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Law Shield. As you know, I'm not only a strong defender of the Second Amendment, I also carry a firearm. So I recently became a member of U.S. Law Shield. They're terrific, and I think you should too. U.S. Law Shield is pretty unique because they not only defend gun owners who are forced to use their firearms to protect themselves or their loved ones, they also provide educational tools and training to empower you as an abiding law, a law-abiding gun owner. They created a special website for my listeners, uslawshield.com slash Dan, where you can get their five defender reports worth $100, absolutely free. Coming from a law enforcement background, I can tell you this information is vital. It's critical stuff. Forget politics for a second. This is about being a responsible gun owner. You'll be amazed at the number of legal potholes and scenarios you didn't think of which is why these Defender reports are so valuable. It's a limited time offer. Get your free reports today, a $100 value at uslawshield.com slash Dan. Again, that's uslawshield.com slash Dan. Um, please tune in tomorrow. I have some excellent stories I'm going to get to on the economy, the Medicare for All, and how the Biden-Ukraine story is now going mainstream. The media is now picking up on two stories, Russian disinformation because they can't hide it anymore. And secondly, how Joe Biden and the real foreign collusion story are impossible to ignore. Don't please don't miss tomorrow's show. It's going to be critical. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24 seven at D Bongino.